0: So, what is the most exciting thing you've ever had to wait for, Phoebe? My birthday. Your birthday. What did you do on your birthday? Just, have, just celebrated and had presents and those sort of things. Yep. Yeah? Exciting. Right. Brilliant. So, uh, who, who else? What's the most exciting thing you've ever had to wait for, Jenny? A school field trip. Where was the field trip to? The um, swimming factory. The swimming factory. Fantastic. Annabelle, have you got one as well, the last one? Christmas. I thought that might be high on the list because we're getting close to Christmas now. Go on, Jess. Getting your nails done. Okay. And you've got the evidence there. Fantastic. So exciting things that you've had to wait for. Who likes waiting for things? Put your hand up if you like waiting for things. You like the build-up and the excitement and the anticipation. One or two of you, who would rather just have everything right there and then, the thing that you're waiting for? Okay, yeah, a lot of us aren't as patient as we might be. Yes, that's that's great. Well, we're going to come back to uh, this idea of waiting for things a bit later. But you, you know, don't you, that the Bible is split into two parts. You've got the Old Testament and you've got the New Testament. And the Old Testament is all about God's dealings with human beings from the very earliest times, and especially a group of people called the Israelites. And one of the things that we see over and over again in the Old Testament is that Israel, that's all the Israelites together, uh, could not live in obedience to God. Uh, God would say one thing, and Israel would do the opposite. God said, don't worship idols. Israel worshipped idols. God said, treat people fairly. Israel treated people unfairly. God said, go this way. Israel went that way. And throughout the Old Testament, we see a bit of a pattern. This is an oversimplification. But really, God loves his people, uh, Israel. Israel rebel against God. They reject God. They don't want to listen to God. So God uh, punishes Israel. Uh, does something to get their attention, and then the people uh, uh, start um, looking to God again. They return to God, but never for very long, because after a short while, they always push God away and go back to doing things uh, their own way. And this is the same for all human beings. We have a tendency to reject God and to do things our own way. And there's a word for this. It's called Sin. And sin is a big problem. It stands between us and God. It's like a barrier between us and God. It stops us from having a right relationship, a right friendship uh, with God. And throughout the Old Testament, we see lots of clues that God intends to do something about sin. But it's never exactly clear, never totally clear what God is going to do about this problem of sin, this barrier between between us and God. And the Old Testament finishes with a promise. Uh, God promises that those who reject him, those who are disobedient, those who uh, do things their own way, uh, they will amount to nothing. Things will not go well for them. But those who love God will be healed and restored. Things will go uh, well for those people in the end. And right at the end of that... And we read it this morning in Malachi. God promises to send Elijah before this great day when God will put everything right. And uh, it it says this. We, We read it earlier. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. Now, I have here an envelope, and it's marked God's promise. Okay, This is the promise that comes at the end of the Old Testament. Who's going to look after this for me? Loads of hands. Okay, you're Anyang, you're right at the front. So, Anyang, I want you to forget you've got that, though. I want you to literally sit down on it. Okay, so so it's there, but we're going to forget about that. That is God's promise. It's made uh, uh, at the end of the Old Testament, and we're going to come back to that later. But for now, we're just going to forget about that. Okay. So God is going to deal with sin. God is going to make the world as it should be. And before he does that, he's going to send Elijah. Uh, what a wonderful promise. And you can, can you imagine being Israel, looking forward uh, to this great thing that God has promised to do? Uh, so the people waited, and they waited, and they waited. And one generation came and went, and another generation came and went, and they waited some more. And after 400 years... Still, nothing had happened. Can you imagine waiting 400 years for something that you're really looking forward to? So do you think God had forgotten his promise? No. No, no, God never forgets his promises. And after 400 years, God started to do something new. Now, we're reading Luke's gospel today, and uh, Luke begins by telling us about Zechariah and Elizabeth, What do we know about Zechariah and Elizabeth? We saw a little play with them. So who can tell me anything at all about Zechariah and Elizabeth? Marcellus. Okay, they were old and they couldn't have children. What what did Zechariah do? What was his role? What was his job? Can anyone remember? Jenny? A priest? Yep, exactly right. Yeah, he was. Uh, but one thing you might not know about Zechariah and Elizabeth is what their names mean. So Zechariah's name literally means, the Lord has remembered. And Elizabeth's name literally means, my God is an oath or my God is a promise. So if you put those two together, it's like saying, the Lord has remembered his promise. Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth were literally, Mr. and Mrs., the Lord has remembered his promise. And Zechariah was a priest. His main job was to work in or serve in the temple. How many priests do you think there were in Israel at this time? Who who wants to have a guess? Hang on, someone who hasn't answered yet. Caitlin? Five? Five? A lot more than five. Five. Hmm? Did you say something? How many did you say? Shout it out on me. Eighteen? A lot more than 18. Do you know what? The, the, we, could, we could be a very long time doing this. Do you know what? Because there, there might have been as many as 20,000 priests in Israel at this time. But how many temples were there? How many te- do you know how many temples, Aluchi? No, just one. Just one. just one. So 20,000 priests, maybe as many as that. And just one temple. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of priests for one temple, isn't it? So um, the priests were divided into big groups, and the, for two weeks of the year, each group would serve in the temple. But there were still so many priests that they couldn't all do the really important jobs. And uh, we're told that Zechariah was chosen by lot to serve in the temple. And that was one of the really important jobs. He was to go in there and burn incense. And uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to choose somebody by lot to go and burn incense. So we've got a hot coal on the communion table, and we're going to see who is going to burn the incense. So what we're going to do, put your hands down, because Zechariah was chosen by lot. And we don't know exactly what that meant, but instead of that, we're going to choose by drawing straws. And the person who pulls out the longer straw, that person will get to burn the incense on the communion table. Cause that's the closest thing we can get to choosing by lot. So I bring them around. Don't study it too much. Just take a straw quickly. No, that's too long. If you pause too long, I'm going to take it away. Okay. Don't take too long. Just take one. Take one. Quickly. Let's get through it. Okay. Any straw? Oh, they're going for the top ones. Okay. Quick, 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 quick. Grab one before it gets past you. I hope I've got enough straws in here. There's another. Un... Is there a longer one than that? Oh, they're going at a rapid rate now. Where's... Do you want to take one, Ruby? There you go. Oh, have we, have we even got enough? I don't think we've even got enough straws. uh oh. Okay, we've 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 run we've run out of we've sorry the t- t- but you know what the I, know, I can tell you though the longer straw had already gone quite a long time ago, okay. So there is another, there is another straw. Sorry, Mia, Mia, that's your straw. so, it was a, it was. A, so who's got a really long straw? Okay, Declan, come up to the front. So so we're, we're going to make out like Declan is Zechariah, he's coming into the temple and his job is to burn the incense, so you're going to take a little bit of that. That's very hot, so you're just going to drop it on. Okay, so just don't get your hand near it. You can take a, a lot more than that. Okay. That, put a bit more on like that. Okay. So, well done. And this, so this is the in- incense. Hopefully we haven't used too much. We won't set off smoke alarms and sprinklers. <laughs> okay, we're going have a seat. So this is what Zechariah did. He came into the temple to burn the incense. And the incense uh, represents, uh, it's symbolic of the prayers of the people going up to God. You might get a whiff of it in a minute. Some people love this smell. Some people aren't very keen. Uh, but this is symbolic of the prayers uh, going up to God. So Zechariah was in the temple. He was burning the incense when all of a sudden an angel appeared beside the, um, beside the altar. How did Zechariah feel about that, Caitlin? How did Zechariah feel about that? You know that? How does Zechariah feel about that, other Caitlin? Pardon? Frightened. Whenever anyone uh, sees or encounters an angel in the New Testament, they always seem to be Frightened, um, which I think is quite a, a natural reaction. Uh, but the angel said these words. Who would like to read, and have we got a, a handheld mic? Who would like to read what the angel said? And where's Emma? What do you... If you're up the front for crowd control. Okay. Okay, there's a lot of coughing and choking. Is it that bad? Is it that bad? the) internet... I.
1: Okay. Putter?
0: No, I think it's fine. Anyang, do you want to read that a big loud voice? To take the straw out of your mouth. Huh? No, no. Oh. Oh, right, you've got the promise, so let, let's get someone else to. Because you're going to read that promise in a minute. How on, we get. we get. someone for me and I read Oh, no, no. No, don't worry. Look, you can sit, you can sit there. But because I forgot you got that, so you're going to read that in a bit. So, Logan, do you want to read? No. Do you want to read? please, please. Go on. Nice loud voice into the microphone. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord and their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteousness to make the to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That was brilliantly read without any practice at all. Well done. Excellent. I'll put this up here. So that sounds very similar, doesn't it, to the... Um, to the, to the prophecy that uh, Malachi gave at the end of the Old Testament. And Zechariah and Elizabeth had given up hope of having children, and now Zechariah is being told that his wife Elizabeth will bear him a son. And so that is really exciting. It's really great news. But that's not even the best news, uh, because you, we remember that prophecy at the end of the Old Testament in Malachi. Who's got the promise? You've got the promise, An Anyang? So open the promise, it's in that envelope, and you're going to read it out in a nice loud voice. This is a summary, okay? I will send Elijah, Elijah. I will take away the sin of the world. Yeah, it says, I will send Elijah, I will take away the sin of the world. That's what God uh, promised to do. And now, after 400 years, God is saying that that promise is about to be fulfilled. Zechariah and Elizabeth, their son John, uh, he will represent Elijah, and he will prepare the way for someone very special. Who is John going to prepare the way for? Caleb, what do you reckon? Who is John going to prepare the way for? You're not sure? Someone very special? Anyone? Zen? Sorry, uh him, any ideas? Anger? Hmm? Not quite. Who, who's, whose birth are we celebrating at Christmas? Jesus. Logan? Jesus. Jesus. John is going to prepare the way for Jesus. We got there in the end. So how did Zechariah react to this wonderful news? What did Zechariah do? What did Zechariah do? What did he say? Can you remember? He basically said, you've got to be kidding me. Or words to that effect. Have you ever had some, heard some news that was so exciting you could hardly believe it? Who's had some news that was so exciting you, you, you couldn't even quite believe that it was happening? Natasha, what was your exciting news? I like, let my mum let you open a Christmas present today. Your mum let you open a Christmas present today? Wow, that, that's exciting news. <laughs> that's a, that's a stitch-up. What's your exciting... Your auntie's having a baby, so this, this, this kind of news is so good. You can you can hardly believe it. And hang on, um, go on, Phoebe. Me going into band next year. You're go, you're going into band next year, yeah. so it's so exciting. I'm going to play the flute. You're going to play the flute. Wonderful. So it's so exciting. You can hardly believe it. And that, that's happened to, to, to me as well. You know, when we were told we were coming here to Australia, it was so exciting that I could hardly believe it was really going to happen. And I kept wondering what might go wrong because I thought, well, you know, if it doesn't happen, it's going to be so disappointing. So I didn't want to believe it fully. And I think that that's what's going on with Zechariah. And even though he's got an angel right there in front of him, he says, can you remember what he said? He said, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. In other words, she's pretty old as well. But what more evidence do you need than an angel? What could possibly be more convincing than that? So Zechariah wanted a sign. Who can tell me what the sign he got was? So guys, look in. Zechariah wanted a sign, and he got a sign. It may be not a sign that he wanted, but he got a sign. What sign did he get from the angel? Um, well, yeah, his his wife could have a baby. That's a pretty big sign. But there was, but he he didn't quite believe that. And the angel gave him a sign to, to kind of show him that that really is going to happen. But what do you think? He uh, the angel took away his voice until the event happened. Yeah, exactly. He couldn't speak until that time. He couldn't speak for nine months. Isn't it funny that God was silent for 400 years? And then the one person who receives this amazing news that God is doing something new, it couldn't speak for nine months. Uh, now, normally when the priest left the temple, all that you imagine that you guys are all the worshippers outside the temple and the priest would come onto the steps and he would pray a priestly blessing. He'd go out and he'd say, the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Zechariah didn't do that. Why not? Why not? He couldn't speak. He couldn't speak. So what did he do instead? Silent. how would you guys show that you'd seen an angel how would, and you'd received this incredible message? How would, you, how would you do that? Should we have a few of you up the front? Would anyone like to come up the front and show what kind of sign language you would do to show that you'd seen an angel? Do you want to come up, Jenny? David, do you want to come up as well? Caitlin? In fact, a whole load of you. Many of you, well, not uh, the ones that with your hands up. Come up. You've got to be careful what you say. So Yeah, go on, go on David. You can come up here. Okay, so you guys... You guys are going to pretend to be Zechariah. You've heard the story. You know what he's seen and what he's experienced. So you're going to tell the crowds what you've just seen and experienced just by doing some side language. Go, go for it. Do you sign? Okay. All of, all of you can do it at once. What are you going to say? How are you going to show that you've seen an angel? Phoebe, I reckon that's pretty good. That's That's pretty convincing. Okay. Annabelle, you get in there. Yeah. What, What would you do, Jenny? It's... Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if you guys sit down. Well done. Well done. Some interesting ideas there. Now, the crowd was looking at Zechariah doing something like that. So you can imagine the crowd would be pretty confused. They wouldn't know exactly what had happened, but they knew that something very special had happened. They knew that Zechariah had seen an angel, or seen a vision, I should say. Now, Luke tells this very exciting story, and it acts as kind of like a bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So imagine the Old Testament and the New Testament as like two islands. Everyone see that bridge? This story that we are heard today is almost like a bridge between the two. Uh, God promised to send Elijah, and Elijah is about to be born. That is to say, John is about to be born, and he represents Elijah. God promised to deal with sin, and John will point to someone who will deal with sin once and for all, to Jesus Christ. And so we should start to build a sense of excitement, because this story points forwards to something uh, more wonderful and amazing than what we've heard today. It points forward to the birth of Jesus Christ. So, who here is excited about Christmas? Are any of the adults? <laughs> so, all of you guys are excited about Christmas, and. I, I imagine that some of the things you might be excited about would be presents and decorations and food and lollies and uh, having family over and whatever you do. And I'm excited about all those things as well. Uh, They're exciting. But far more exciting than any of that is actually the truth that stands behind Christmas. We see uh, today that God is sending uh, Elijah. John is going to be born. John the Baptist He prepares the way for Jesus, and Jesus will fulfill all of God's promises, every single one of them. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, this story that Luke includes, that that helps us to bridge the gap between the Old and the New Testament, that helps us to link the last prophecy of the Old Testament to um, the birth of John the Baptist, who point forward to Jesus. And we pray that at the time of Advent, we'll continue hoping and waiting and putting our complete trust in you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay.